welcome everybody. How's it going? Today it is Peak Pros Podcast episode number eight, and we are coming at you here um, just a few days before Halloween. We've got a special guest today, so it's going to be a fun and exciting episode. Um, once again, I'm Brian Tenenhouse, physical therapist here at Peak, and we've got Mia Sweet. She's our fitness director. And um, today we have our guest, Matthew Jennings, coming here from HK High School. So that's Adam Killingworth, just uh, about 15, 20 minutes from here. And so without further ado, let's get started. Yeah, so Matthew is an awesome runner, one of the top runners in the state, and nationally ranked as well, I believe. At one point, yeah. Oh, <laughs> awesome, cool. Um, so, how did you first find us at Peak? Did you come here for training? Did you come here for physical therapy? How did you find us? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think it was going into my junior year, right about the end of my sophomore year, I was having some trouble with my hip flexor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty tall. I don't know if you can tell because I'm sitting down, but I'm six foot six. Um, so that comes with a lot of flexibility issues that I've encountered over the years. Um, and it led to some irritation with my hip and my hip flexor. Um, and some friends in my high school team had been um, coming to Brian for a long time and they recommended him. Um, so I originally came here looking for some physical therapy. Awesome. And prior to coming to Peak, did you do any sort of strength training, getting ready for running, and how did that look? Yeah, so my mom is a lifelong runner and kind of a little bit of a fitness freak. <laughs> um, so since, I don't even know, since probably fourth or fifth grade, um, she's been really good about trying to get me um, to do dynamic warm-ups and dynamic cool-downs and things like that. Nice. Um, prior to coming here, though, I've been to a couple of different physical therapists, but none that um, I found were particularly great. Um, and I, I did not dabble in any sort of strength training. Yeah. And so when you started to do some of the strength training and you kind of learned some of these things, did you notice a bigger difference with your speed or with your times or any other, um, you know, big um, successes that you might have? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually, um, along with a few of my friends, we participated in, um, I don't even know how long it was, probably like two or three months um, strength training um, program here at Peak, led by Mia, um, <laughs> which was a lot of fun. Um, it was bi-weekly for about an hour, um, and we did a whole routine, as you can attest to, of strength training and flexibility and mobility and things like that. Um, and right off the bat, um, both with me and my friends, um, we felt stronger. I think the most noticeable difference was that we just didn't feel um, as sore or as kind of like those, you know, those just typical kind of things that pop up every now and again when you're just running every day. Um, just the typical irritances. Yeah. Um, we just didn't feel those. So it was really good. I, I've been injury free, not to jinx that, but I've been injury free for months and months now. It's yeah. been really nice and it's helped. Um, you know, train because running it's all about consistency. Totally. And going into your senior year, what were you thinking for the cross country season, like goal wise, especially coming out of like a strong strength training program from the summer? What were some of your, your goals? Um. Well, I guess it's certainly changed. Yeah. Um, when I was a little bit younger, freshman and sophomore year, um, senior year, obviously, as everyone does, was a was a time for some big goals and things like that. Yeah. Um, but obviously going into um, the spring season of my junior year, we had um, COVID-19. Just call COVID-19. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember that. Um, 
which kind of threw a wrench into the plans, but even during the spring, I mean, I feel like similar to a lot of people, we thought it was going to be all wrapped up over the summer or even, you know, before the summer. Um, so I still had certainly a bunch of goals going to senior year. I mean, um, probably the late gift of which was qualifying for a night for cross nationals. Yeah. Um, my junior year, I placed seventh, and this year I would be a returner um, as a qualifier for, or excuse me, my junior year I placed 20th, but I would be the seventh returner and um, a qualifier for a night for cross nationals. That was going to be the goal this year, but um, uh, as with other things, uh, it got canceled. Oh. Um, which is obviously unfortunate, but understandable given everything. Yeah. Um, so our focus has kind of shifted a little bit, totally. um, and we were really good about working with um, our team's captains and our coaches and to kind of reformulate the season, just how we saw our goals, and we started setting a lot more goals about enjoying the season and enjoying running and kind of focusing a little bit more on little things because obviously we didn't really have any idea when there were going to be meets or just opportunities to test our fitness. Um, so going into the season, it definitely transitioned. Less to kind of looking down the line at those big meets and competitions that I'd be training for and more so just kind of enjoying the everyday yeah. um, just kind of practices. Wow. No, I cannot imagine like that roller coaster of emotions. Finding out that you qualified, right? You must be feeling, woo, looks so happy, so yeah. excited. Well, I didn't qualify. I would have... I got 20th and I would have returned as a qualifier. So it was a goal, but it was still obviously lengthy. Oh, yeah. So I can imagine as a super athlete to experience COVID and just trying to get these times and improve these times to colleges, right? That's a huge thing when it comes to scholarships and things like that. Um, so, yeah, going into the spring again, so talking about when COVID hit, when you found out, so that, of course, affected your school year as well. And so what was that like trying to manage, all right, a whole new school system and then also trying to manage your training at the same time? What was that like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it was a little bit of a one-two punch when I found out because um, the first thing I think our last day of school is actually, it was a Friday the 13th, it was March 13th, which was our last day of school. And then that Wednesday, um, late that Wednesday night, I found out that New Balance Nationals was canceled for the indoor season. Wow. Um, which was, again, you know, a long-term goal that I was really looking forward to. Um, yeah. I was going to be competing in the championship 1,000 meter run yeah. and the emerging elite sprint medley relay with a few of my teammates. Yeah. I think I remember that day. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you do. Yeah, I was definitely <laughs> upset, disappointed. Uh. Um, and then we found out that Friday that um, we were leaving school, which at the time we thought was going to be, you know, one to two weeks. Um, we were thinking the month at max because we had um, our spring break coming up in just a couple weeks. Um, obviously that didn't happen, the situation changed. Um, I don't know, I think we did a really good job of just kind of, you know, kind of working with what we got. Yeah, day by day, maybe taking it. Exactly, like the situation was so constantly in flux and just changing all the time that the only thing we really could do was focus on, you know, the now. Yeah. Um, so, I got with my teammates, we took a little bit of a break after the indoor season, um, where we still thought we were going to have an indoor season. Uh, so we took a little bit of a break and then we got back into just running. It was nice because um, you kind of got to refocus again on the little things. So um, while it was really bad, obviously running by yourself, um, which at times can be a little annoying, especially when you have a distance run or something like that. But yeah. um, then over time, you get to kind of meet up with one or two of your friends and, and run with them. So At least we had like good weather too this spring. Exactly. It was really nice. Yeah. And I got to go. Um, our track wasn't that nice at my high school. So we, we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, we actually traveled down to a track at the local um, high school in Madison here, 
um, for our workouts, we used a nice turf field because yeah. they got so it honestly made it quite nice. So we just kind of had to take advantage of what we got. Totally. And speaking of like the whole mindfulness aspect, what do you do to manage stress? Do you do any meditation, yoga, do you, like deep breathing, like any exercises or that are part of your routine? Yeah, so not much, to be honest. I'm actually kind of a chronic stressor. Yeah. It's a little bit of an issue. <laughs> um, I, I definitely recognize it as one of the things I should improve on. Yeah. Um, but I, I stress out too much, both from um, you know, getting stressed about competition, getting stressed about school, things like that. Um, something that I like doing a lot is um, drinking tea. <laughs> Which, you know, I don't know to what extent that actually helps, yeah. um, but I like drinking tea, especially during the winter. It's like just becoming tea season again, so I'm excited. Um, it's just a more exactly. Yeah, it's really just kind of like taking a minute and you know shutting off the computer, doing homework, and just I don't know, drinking some tea. I find that that really helps me. But um, honestly, I think um, like a nice long run can be really really helpful, yeah. especially a lot of times if there's if I'm really kind of tense and, and there's been a lot of pressure building. I really like going on a long run by myself. Yeah. Um, because I do a lot of thinking yes. on the long run, so I enjoy kind of going off by myself, and I just get you know however long it is an hour. Um, just to kind of decompress and just mull everything over. Totally, and you yeah. feel so good after it. What exactly. about, like, I know after just having worked with you so for so long, like, you found success with different types of meditation and things like that. Yes. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that's helped you? Yeah. I mean, COVID hasn't been easy on any of us. Yeah. Um, for sure, for a, a highly sought-after high school athlete, it's been tough. For a business owner like myself, it's been tough. For a, you know, how you would describe yourself and your husband, it certainly hasn't been easy over the last you know, 10 months as well. So can you talk to us a little bit about how um, some different strategies have been able to help you through some of these things? Yeah, totally. So one of my biggest things is I always try to remember that a thought is just a thought. And so we always have you know, positive thoughts throughout the day and we have negative thoughts throughout the day. But that positive thought is actually no different than a negative thought. It's just how we engage with them, right? So like you can just look at that negative thought and let that gently flow by and let that pass accept that it's there, but don't give into it and don't let it take control. And that's the biggest thing I think that when we have all these negative things that come up, I think we tend to worry and worry and worry about it and it just sort of perseverates. And that's when we just build up all this anxiety. But if we can just see the thought for what it is, and let it pass, and let's think of it as like a feather, like a gentle feather like floating away, and then eventually, okay, like I can see the sun again, right? Now, now I'm seeing all the positivity. So for me, it's just recognizing that a thought is just a thought, mm -hmm. and that strategy has really helped me, and every time I start to get really anxious, if I have a lot to do, a lot of clients, um, working long, busy day at school, you know, I just try to take a step back and remember that. And it, it took me a while to get into that habit, but it's all about habit building and trying to get to that routine. And when you find something like that that works, then you can just stick with it and it, you just quickly get back into that positivity right away. So that's what it's helped me for sure. Yeah, definitely something to work on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, totally. it's definitely, um, you know, I played college tennis and, you know, when I was, you know, in my 20s, late teens, you don't spend a lot of time working on the psychology of sport or the um, the way to process the stress involved with whether it's the fact that you have three big tests for when you get back from your competition mm -hmm. or just the fact that you really need to win this match and it's like I think it would be you know we can spend some time talking with Matthew about um, 
different techniques and strategies to work through because I think sports psychology is huge mm -hmm. and there is no focus on it. And I, it's been interesting uh, working with some high-level runners over the last few years. It's, it's fun to tap into their brain and, and hear what they're thinking or how they're going through it because there's a lot to it. Um, mm -hmm. So with that, Matthew, can you even describe like you know, unfortunately this year it's not a good year because you, you really haven't had a lot of good races, but you've been in some pretty awesome races where you're, you know, there's a few people that are pretty close and they're finishing, you know, one, two, three separated by nanoseconds. Like, how do you, how do you mentally process a race maybe beforehand? You know, think about some aspiring runners that might be watching this uh, or listening to us. Um, what are some of the things that you think about before a race and also during a race that help you have, have helped you reach success like you have? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it kind of starts um, a good while before the race is actually to happen. Um, I think specifically looking back on um, the one page that I focus on a lot this indoor season, or this past indoor season rather. Um, so I think a 1K is a little over half a mile, right? Yes, it's going to be five laps on the indoor track. And how long, how fast are we talking for, for your level of a runner? Yeah, so um, my PR in 1K is a 228, okay. um, which is like a 230 would be four minute mile. Again. Yeah, four minute mile pace. Okay. Um, so that's pretty fast. Yeah, but only, again, only for a thousand meters, so yeah, it's yeah. certainly that they want four minute mile. <laughs> right, right. Um, exactly. So um, I think it starts a little bit before that, especially if I know that I'm going to be facing. Um, a specific runner who I know is good, I'll go back and um, try to find race videos and results that, that they've you know put down over the year and, and over the past couple of years, just try to understand a little bit more of the racing style. Okay. Um, so immediately what comes to mind is this past indoor season, um, uh, an athlete from Stonington, Reese Hammond, was who was going to be the big fish um, uh, going into the state open championship. So I went back and, and looked at his races from the previous outdoor season and from earlier in the indoor season, just trying to get an understanding of how he runs a 1K. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I would like split his laps and things like that just to see if he's a consistent runner, if he goes out fast and, you know, things like that. Um, and then I think the next step would probably be, um, you know, the night before, the day before. Um, obviously, all like the little things be good about hydration, fueling, and things like that, but even besides that, um, I try to kind of go over a couple different race plans in my head, um, kind of when I'm falling asleep and throughout the day a little bit. So I'll like plan if it goes out really fast, what I'm going to do. If it goes out slow, what I'm going to do. Things like that. And like the, the ideal race, what am I going to do? And things like that. Um, it's always so different, right? Exactly. And, and, and I find that when I actually get into the race and, and something happens that maybe I wouldn't expect it or, or you know, I expected it to go out, you know, consistent, but it goes out fast and I'm not kind of lost in the water because. Um, I already made a plan for it and I ran through what would happen and what I would want to do. Um, so it gives me a little bit of extra confidence when I'm lining up. Um, but then on race day, I think it's a lot. I listen to music a lot before the race. Um, do obviously you know, a really good warm up, either kind of being by myself a little bit to get kind of into the, into the mindset before racing. Um, yeah, I mean, again, little things, fueling, hydration, things like that, and then um, just kind of being confident in your ability and the work you've done and kind of pulling on previous workouts where you felt really strong to just, you know, line up and give all you got. So what if you're the big fish that's being chased? What is your what is your race strategy when you don't have anyone to chase but rather you're the one being chased? 
Um, it definitely changes. I think that I, a good, good situation to kind of explain that would be um, in my conference meet for indoor, um, in which I my high school is a very small high school in Connecticut, and we, we are part of a really small conference. Um, so a lot of times it's just about kind of getting points for the team, because we always want to win, it's always the goal, obviously. Um, so I'll kind of get entered in a, in a bunch of different events. So the last two years in the indoor season, I ran the 1600, the 1000, and the 3200. Um, and you know, for those races, the goal was to um, win with kind of giving the least amount of energy as possible because you know states the next week and then opens the following week in New England, so it's, it's, it's a lot more racing down the line. Um, so for those ones, I typically um, I kind of let someone else take the pace and I let someone else um, go out ahead of me. Um, I just kind of stick on them for really as long as I can and then just give it just a little extra kick um, for the finish, just because you know the goal is uh, to get the ten points, which is what you get for for finishing first in the door. Um, without, you know, having, you don't have to run a PR to get the 10 points, you can run, you know, a 4 flat and mile and win and get the 10 points, you can run a 5 flat and mile and win and get the 10 points all the same. Um, so, in those situations, um, you know, in a conference meeting, you're just looking for points and more kind of the strategic stuff, um, I'll definitely just kind of use as less energy as possible. Yeah. Do you have a favorite race and then a least favorite, or does it depend on the week? <laughs> um, yeah, it depends on the week, I'd say. Um, I think I found myself a lot in the 1K. Yeah. Um, I think it helps when you have kind of success in a race yeah. um, to enjoy it, obviously. Um, this past um, spring, uh, when we were going into my junior after season, um, I think that was going to be the time where I really discovered what was going to be my event, if I was going to be more of an 800 specialist or a mile specialist. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it didn't happen. Um, but I, I think um, indoor, certainly a 1K, but outdoor, I think I'm I think I'm looking towards leaning more towards the 1600 in the mile. Yeah. Um, for a least favorite race, I don't know. I, I'm not. I've never tried a 5K on the track. I don't think you know. I enjoy that very much, just because I, I tend to you know swing towards the mid distance. I guess similar with you know like a 200 or 400. I, I don't want to venture that yeah. um, that much into a sprint territory. Um, but there's nothing that I particularly dislike. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, uh, so comparing that to cross country, just being out on a course, now, is that just completely different when it comes to training purposes? How do you think about the two? Yeah, so um, it's funny because everyone just kind of sees this as running and running is running and, you know, uh, so it's all the same, but they're really two different sports. Yes. Um, cross country is so different in, in the training and the preparation and the race than um, anything you'll, you'll find on the track. Um, I really enjoy it. I think, personally, um, Track is where I, I want to succeed the most, and that's where I, I put a lot of my focus with um, you know, getting you know, the high schools and things like that. Um, but cross country, I just enjoy so much because it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, I love being on the cross country team because it's really like, um, you know, you can go in track to New England and it's just you, um, but the goal really is always, you know, bring you and then the six other guys on your varsity with you yeah. um, to New England. It's a little bit more of a team aspect. Um, and I, I just really enjoy I think the training's really cool because you have the whole summer leading up to it, which is kind of preparing for you know the big cross country meets where you get to run with your, with your friends. Um, um, we do, at HK, we do like summer fun runs. Oh, nice. Where we meet at night, um, we all kind of get together and, and go for our long runs and things like that. Um, it's very cool so yeah. Exactly, yeah. So it's definitely a different beast, but you know, I enjoy it all the same. And it's nice when you can see a hill and you're like, okay, I go up the hill and now I'm spread down the hill. Absolutely, <laughs> so you yes. You don't ever break that it's like a flat. Course. Absolutely. <laughs> 
you know, I gotta say, I'm a little bit privy to a flat, of course. Yes. Uh, but I do definitely appreciate the downhills after the uphills, yes. Exactly. Well, it's, it's crazy, too, because um, <clears throat> I never really realized what cross-country really looks like, but when I had a couple kids um, that I was working with from Xavier, they showed me some pictures, and it's like... Um, that movie Braveheart, right? Like when there's like a whole bunch of people running, and it it is pretty cool. Yeah. Never seen Braveheart, so I don't know if I can talk about it. Maybe it wasn't But yeah, I mean, I just feel like it's a completely different beat. Like when pre-COVID, there could be how many people out chasing, you know, funneling down into one direction at the start. 150. Right. Add a nice size state meet. Yeah. Right. So, so I mean, the strategy behind that start too, right? Like you have to like. Absolutely. Yeah. You I, I definitely depends, but certainly if you were like 20 years ago. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really two completely different sports other than the fact that you're running. Yeah. Speaking of sports, so how how tall were you at like 10 years old? Oh, goodness. You know, you were like, still pretty tall. So, I guess the, my point was at what point did you know you were going to be like a runner and not basketball, volleyball, you know, some of the other sports that um, that sometimes people are like, or you know, even football, soccer, stuff like that can be really beneficial, when, especially when you're fast. Yeah. Some, some kids who are tall are kind of clumsy and not really very athletic. But yet they could be good at basketball rebounding or something like that. So yeah. Um, so as I touched on a little bit earlier, my mom, I guess, is really into fitness. Um, so even from a young age, um, you know, she got involved in all the sports, which I really love. Just getting to, you know, kind of trying my hands at everything. You know, um, uh, back where I lived, I, I lived in Newington for the first nine years of my life. So I remember just playing in, in the soccer teams and the basketball teams, and you know, just kind of exploring everything. Um, and we always ran. Um, I remember my mother would sometimes like she'd go out running and I'd be in the stroller or we or we do um, when I could you know get a little bit older and run a little bit we do like two minutes of running and then one minute of walking which I'm gonna bless her for tolerating that because today I would not be able to tolerate just two minutes of running and one minute of walking. <laughs> um, uh, so running was always there but it wasn't ever the focus okay. um, for a long time uh, I'd say the focus was basketball when I got to middle school. Uh, I focused more on basketball, playing on a couple different teams, and soccer kind of faded. Um, but again, in middle school, I, I still did cross country, um, so it wasn't as serious. Um, we didn't, you know, we I guess trained every day, but you know, it was just like go over a casual two or three mile run, and you know, the best part was coming back and like playing kickball, you know, just hang getting to hang out with your friends. Yeah. Um, but again, running was always there, um, and then I guess when it really took off was probably in the seventh and eighth grade um, when I started. Um, falling in love with the sport, and, and I really, really, uh, I don't know if this is a little bit cliche, but I really enjoyed the winning of it. Yeah. Um, so, essentially, eighth grade, I really enjoyed, you know, crossing the finish line first, and I think it kind of gave me a rush that was more than I ever had with basketball. Yeah. Um, so, going into high school, I decided to dedicate um, myself much more to running, um, and I fell in love with it my first cross country season freshman year. Um, getting the whole team and, and my coaches and, and the training and everything, I just, I felt it really worked for me. You keep hearing, like, I can just sense, the thing that's funny about Matthew, he's so competitive, like, he's, he's, a, he's a beast when it comes to competition, but I keep hearing the team, and it's so clear how much he loves team, 
So I think it even surprised me even more that he kind of strayed away from team sports to a sport that's so solo, but you keep hearing team, and that's probably why he loves the cross-country component so much, because again, there's a, a very big emphasis on team there versus you know maybe some of the other And aspects. you're a team captain as well, I believe, too. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Exactly. It's really nice getting to work with my other co-captains and you know be more so of a leader um, and more of a vocal leader on the team this year. Yeah, that's awesome. Sort of side note question. So the uh, the running shoes have been kind of an interesting thing over the years, and especially I think like three or four years ago they came out with those shoes with the carbon. The carbon carbon plate. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I have so many runners who love talking to me about that. Yeah. I'm a shoe guy, but not really when it comes to running. Like, I just love good sneakers that feel good and whatever. Um, but I love talking to runners because they're so passionate about certain things. And you're not going to find a runner who's not passionate about running shoes. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, first of all, I just think they're really cool to look at. <laughs> um, I, I love seeing um, you know, all the pros racing them and things like that. Um, I don't do really any road races, um, which has kind of stopped me from getting a pair. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it be like four percent or the next percent, so they all applies. Um, so, but that being said, I, I do have you know a good amount of shoes for running uh, over the years. Um, my go-to trainer is definitely the Brooks Ravenna. Um, What's it called? The Brooks Ravenna. Ravenna. Yeah, I think some people call it the Ravenna or something, but I call it Ravenna. Um, I've been in those since like fifth or sixth grade. Um, just every year you just get the new model and things like that, so I really like those. And so you'll wear that in cross country? Yeah. So as, so, as well as track? Yeah. Okay. So so I that's just kind of my training for training shoe. Um, you know the whole year. This year actually I I tried the new Pegasus, so I've been kind of alternating a little bit between other about and the Pegasus to give each shoe a little bit of a rest. Um, but I've tried out a couple different shoes that have carbon fiber plates. Um, like the Zoom Flies by Nike, I've had a couple pairs of those, um, which I like for tempos. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of changes. I, I've had a couple different workout shoes by like New Balance and Nike and things like that. Um, but I, I, I think more than um, I, I see more benefits in, in help in aiding me with the shoe with the different types of training, not necessarily with the racing. But I just pretty just stick to, stick to spikes when I race. Yep. Um, but I really like the training, getting to switch it to. Um, you know, a more rigid shoe with a carbon fiber plate for a tempo, or like it kind of just changes up. Um, it kind of revitalizes you in the middle of like a long run if you're going to tempo the last three miles and you already have seven miles in your legs. Getting into a new pair of shoes um, just helps you kind of get through that. Totally. And talk to us about spikes. So, what size spikes do you use for your races? Depend on cross country versus uh, track and field? Yes. So, changes, like you said. Um, I've been in the Victory XC5s by Nike, which come with a very unique um, spike. It's very weird. It's kind of like, it looks like a pyramid with like a spike at the end of the pyramid. So they're quite large. Um, so you can really only use them if you have very, very little pavement. Um, but I really like those. those. I use those on Wickham, um, which is our state course in Connecticut. Um, so those have been really good. Those are, um, they're very large. Um, but for indoor track, you have to use eights, which is an eighth of an inch, which are like tiny. They barely do anything, but you just can't rip off the track. Exactly. Um, but in outdoor, I stick to quarters, um, and I do quarter pyramids. So there's like there's three different variations of spikes: like a pyramid, a needle, and uh, what they call like Christmas trees, I think. But I've never even seen one of those. Um, my coach always picks on me because he always like needles, but I find pyramids to be more comfortable <laughs> with. So that's what I wear. But you try them all. So. 
Yes, I, I've, tried, I, I've never tried the Christmas tree ones. I've never seen those. I don't know what they are, yeah. but I've tried the needles. Um, but I find they kind of like poke that into me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, all in all, I think it's more of a mental game with the spice. I don't know yeah. how much they really help. Yeah. Um, you, like whether you choose a pyramid or a needle, I don't know how much that really changes anything. Mm -hmm. um, but it just kind of helps you mentally know you have some extra traction in the ground. I remember people putting spikes on like, on the bus ride up and everything too. Yeah, the rituals. Like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you have like do you have certain rituals like, including that, or um, when it comes to like wearing a specific T-shirt that day or something else? Yeah. So I guess like a little bit. I don't know if I've really thought about it um, in that way, but um, I always like I, I I really like laying out everything, getting my bag ready, and my whole clothes ready the night before. Yes. Because it makes me feel so much more comfortable when I wake up and have less stress and things like that. So the night before uh, any race, I like make up my bag and I get all like my uniform and, and the clothes for warm up all laid out and everything, totally. um, which I really kind of soothes my mind and lets me go to sleep, you know, a little bit more calm. Yeah. Um, but on race day, um, so so I put in my spikes um, that night, so I don't have to worry about the bus or anything. Because that always stresses me out when I see people like fumbling and they drop a spike on the bus, and it's just like a school bus, and it's gonna you know roll everywhere. Um, but, I don't know, I typically, for some weird reason, and I don't know why, but it's kind of started something I started doing, is I don't like wearing, when I warm up, I don't like wearing apparel from my school, because I think, and this is so pointless, but I think it's kind of cool, because I, I, a little bit incognito, um, you know, besides the six foot six of me, um, but I kind of like, you know, people not necessarily knowing where, which school I go to, because, um, and I don't know if this, you know, flags me as a little bit of a stalker, but if I see someone else um, from a specific school and I know that that school has good runners, I'll like, kind of look them up on miles away and see what the competition is. So I think it helps me fly under the radar a little bit. And they're going to watch your warm up right so it's like, okay, let me. Exactly, exactly. So that's, but I don't have anything yeah. um, particularly ritualistic. Wait, yeah. you thought you'll look them up on miles? Miles split, yeah. That's miles kind of like. Milesplit.com, is that a website that you guys own? Yes, it has like, uh, oh my gosh, like an innumerable amount of results and yeah. From everything uh, you know across the country, it has like articles and, and previews and rankings and things like that. You can compare athletes. It's kind of the catch-all for running. That's awesome. That's cool. Now, um, best race, like not best, but most memorable race of your running career would be what? Okay, that's a tough one. Mm. Um, I'd probably have to say two of them again because I think the sports are so different. Um, I'd say. One of the, top, the most memorable cross country races I've had was actually freshman year um, at New England's. Uh, it was the first team that it was the first time that both the boys and the girls team um, from my high school had qualified together to go to the New England Championships. Um, we both placed fifth at the state open, and it was really really exciting. I, again, I was new to the team, so it was it was really cool kind of energy um, getting to be with all the seniors and things like that. And we we took the buses up to Maine like a five hour. Bus ride, not like one of those coach buses, but a school bus. Oh. Yeah, right? All the way up to Maine, yeah. Squishing um, exactly. Um, but still so fun being with your teammates. So the whole we rented like a huge Airbnb, like retreat home on like a little cove in, in Maine. Um, so the whole experience really made it happen. Yeah. Um, but it was just so fun being with um, you know, all those people who even even from my time in middle school looking up to them. because um, like when I was in seventh and eighth grade, I saw like all the things they were doing against all the other high schoolers. I was like, wow, they were really, really fast. And then getting to race with them on the New England sports, um, it's just great. It was my, the biggest meet I've ever run at that point. Um, I got a nice PR. I broke 17 for the first time, 17 minutes in the 5K for the first time. Um, and we ended up 
Um, I think boys plays eighth in, at, in New England. What? Um, and the boys and girls program combined was actually the second best boys and girls program um, in New England that wow. year. Um, so that was really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, but then I guess that's a little bit of a long answer, but for my favorite track race, um, it would probably have to be uh, New England's uh, in indoor. Um, that was really great. It, it was the New England Championships. I was running in the 1K. Um, okay, actually, I'm going to take all that back. And I'm going to say <laughs> my, my new favorite race was probably the Sprint Medley Relay from State Opens. Um, because the finish, particularly, I like fell over the line. We, like, me and, and, and the team who, who ended up placing second clocked the same, um, the same time out to two decimals, so they had to go back in and put it to the third place. Um, it was very crazy. It was, it was, it was, yeah, everything was very tense. You know, it was a little bit wild after we were crossing the line. Um, but that was just fun again, kind of being with your teammates and, and all the work we put in over the years. So it was awesome. That's awesome. All the cheering rooms. Exactly. Exactly. Indoor track is perfect for cheering because there's there's only 200 meters of a place where people can line up. So you know, the whole um, hill house was just you know roaring. It was really cool. That's fun. So there's how many indoor tracks are there in Connecticut? There's hill house and there's other ones that you train at. Yeah. So. The big ones that I know of, which, so, kind of like local to us, I guess, would be Wesleyan, but we don't ever go there. Um, I think Xavier High School trains there a little bit. Um, they obviously post some invitations, but none of them we go to. Um, it's a flat track. And then Hill House, which is where we go to almost every week, okay. um, which is in New Haven Hill House High School, which is also a flat track. Mm -hmm. um, and then Yale University has their track in Cox Cage, which is a little bit notorious. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a bank track. It, it's actually a pretty mm -hmm. steep thing. But I, like, I actually ran that for the first time on um, this past indoor season. Um, what do you think? It was steep, but it was I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I thought it was, it was my first time on a big track even, so I thought it was a really fun experience. Yeah, cool. Um, so, but those are the three kind of like bigger ones that I know of. I'm sure there are a couple more, but those are the only ones that um, I've really had any experience with in the state. And you still train outside or indoor? Do you train in school? I know that some teams train like in the hallways and the teachers get mad. Yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> we do. We're going to get to, or to the uh, hallways a little bit. It feels like rain or it's, it's yeah. a particularly bad day. Yeah. But no, we start all in our gym okay. with all the throwers and fridges and everyone. We do our warm-up in our gym. But then, yeah, the distance runners are straight outside yeah. and do all the workouts and long runs and everything outside. Okay, cool. Yeah, just have fun as well. Yeah. And, yeah, so we'll just, I was just going to say, talk to us about, I mean, you're a senior now, it's, uh, it's about to be the second half of your senior year in a couple months, but obviously this year has been very odd in terms of the process of being a student athlete who's getting to go through the process of being recruited. I mean, I know you were recruited probably even for a year or two pre previous to this, so Talk to us a little bit about the fun, the excitement, the stress, and the process of getting going through recruiting. And then, it, you know, you could certainly mention some of the, how COVID has affected that. But um, yeah, elaborate a little bit about that fun process. Yeah. Um, so, like you said, I think at first it's fun. Yeah. Um, it starts out being really, really cool. Just thinking that um, you know coaches and programs would take the time to right. reach out and just want to have conversations with you. It, it, it works to validate, you know, all the work that you've put in over the past few years, which is really nice. Um, I think my first kind of experience um, getting recruited from uh, more more of a prominent program was actually after um, the New England Championships for cross country my junior year. Um, prior to that, there were a few different schools that had reached out, but um, you know, nothing you know big like smaller D three programs and things like that. Um, but I got I got. Um, approached by a coach at, after like, the award ceremony at New England and the first thing I was very excited, you know, because it's the first um, program that I really heard of 
uh, and, and seen some of the runners on you know, Mazda and Instagram, things like that. Um, so again, at first it's really fun. Um, you just kind of get to, you know, touch everything, see what you want, see what you like, see what you don't like in schools. It, it goes, you know, alongside the normal process for looking at colleges right. that you know, exactly. students go through. Right. So obviously, you kind of have to figure out what type of school you want, just as you want to figure out what type of running program you want. Yeah. Um, so visiting a lot of schools, talking with just a whole host of coaches, just kind of getting an idea for what are the things that you want to hear, what are the things that you don't want to hear um, about a program. Um, and you stayed overnight there too at some of the schools as well? Or? So um, that's something that happens a little bit later in the process. Those are uh, so official visits, which um, as I'll talk about a little bit, didn't you know, get to happen this sure, year because of COVID. Yeah. But, um, so my coach, who, who had actually been through the recruiting process himself, he, he ran for Duke University back in the day. Um, he had he'd been like a really, really helpful tool for me in, in guiding me through the process. But um, yeah, like, like you kind of started getting to COVID, kind of threw a wrench into the plan. Once again, you know, it, 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 it's not, I guess, to be, um, it, it's to be expected at this point. But um, so one of the kind of staple um, aspects of the recruiting process is your official visits, where you get five of. Um, where you get to go, go overnight, and typically the school will, will pay for you to come down, and you get to hang out with the team, run with them, kind of get, um, see if you, you know, match well with the team, um, which we didn't get to, to, to do um, this year during, um, I guess, the very end of indoor, and then since then, so since March up until now, through the end of the year, it is the latest um, from the NCAA, they've extended what's called a dead period, which means that coaches can't make contact with you, so that you can't go to campus and make contact with them, and they can't come to any of your races or, or home visits and make contact with you. Um, you can still call and email and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that, it, it changed to, you know, virtual recruiting, which obviously is a little bit different, <laughs> as yeah. you probably imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, still a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, and then as it kind of progressed, a lot of Zooms. Um, so it was really cool. Um, as I guess everyone probably has, has experienced now, getting to go on Zoom, um, which I guess is a little bit of a new thing that, that most people haven't really heard of before this, but getting to Zoom with coaches, um, and then getting to Zoom with the whole team at, at some point, and getting to just interact with kids on the team and see if you're a good fit, oftentimes with some other recruits as well, um, which would kind of be in place of an official visit. Um, and then also, I, I would go with my, with my parents to look at school, so you couldn't talk with any coaches or anything, but I'd go up and just do the kind of what a normal student would do and look around campus, see things that you want. Exactly, exactly. Sometimes I'd go up, if it was a little bit farther away, we might stay over, like you said, and then I could you know, go for a run around campus and things like that, which is nice. Yeah. Um, so one of those trips before the school year started that I headed down to Washington, D.C., um, and I was able to run around and, and get to look at a few schools in person, which is really nice because there's only so much you can really look at um, you know, over, over a computer screen. Right. It's certainly a good decision, exactly. Um, so it, it's definitely been a little bit different, but everyone's adjusted really well. Coaches have been super understand, understanding of everything going on, and, and it, for me, I didn't know anything different, so I always had anticipations and expectations for what recruiting would look like, but I never got the experience of having an official visit and then you know, now not having an official visit, so it doesn't feel that strange, it kind of just feels normal. Um, so, but overall, I, I've had what I think is a good experience with recruiting. At times, it can be really stressful, mm -hmm. um, especially if you have a lot of homework and you're on the, you're on the phone with the coach for a couple hours, um, a few times a, a week. It, it can be a little bit stressful mm -hmm. um, when the work starts piling up, but it's really rewarding. And every time, 
it's crazy to think that, you know, it, it's really, it, it's a big honor to think that they would want you on the team. Oh, right. um, and, and it really, it, it's flattering and it helps, again, to validate all the work you've done. 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's the best feeling, isn't it? Yes, yeah. It, it feels really good, yeah. Totally. It's, it's a little bit of fear. I just kicking in there right now, like you're kind of feeling like, oh man, like college on the quarter. Yeah. I have all this work to do for high school still. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really hoping not. I'm trying to push off as, as far as I can. I'm really, the bench post is I'm trying to get through the first semester. Yeah. Um, without having that really set in a whole, a whole lot because then our GPA locks after midterms. Okay. Um, it's like mid-January. Gotcha. So I'm really trying right now. I haven't felt it too much because. Again, we didn't really have the second half of junior year, so it's been a long time since we had school, and, and I enjoy school, I enjoy learning and things like that, so it's kind of been nice getting back into it. Yes. Um, we do like a hybrid schedule right now, um, so it's also nice because you get to sleep in three out of five days a week, and mm -hmm. you know, online school is nice because you can work on other stuff with the teachers, kind of rambling or going on tangents, which is also <laughs> nice. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, I'm hoping senior writers doesn't set it until yeah. at least the second semester. And this you can still see some of your friends too in the hybrid system. Exactly. When you're in school, it's really nice getting to see your friends. And again, I, I really most of my friends are on the cross country team with me. Um, so being able to still go to practice and practice with everyone as, as a team it has been something that I really, really enjoy. That's huge. Yeah. Do you know what direction you're going to go in terms of? Uh, class or, or a major or anything? Any idea which way you'd like to go? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm interested in studying political science. Okay. Um, I guess in addition to um, my athletics and my academics, I, I try to get involved a lot in, in extracurriculars that have to do with um, community engagement, things like that. So I'm actually the student representative on my district's board of education, mm. and I sit as a board member on the Connecticut Association of Schools' uh, Student Equity Advisory Board. Oh, nice. um, among a, a few different things, just more locally in the school, like Student Council and Current Events Club, and, and you know, a whole host of things so like that. So you're busy. You're pretty busy. I, yeah, I try to, I book myself, definitely, yeah. I, I'm pretty booked up all the time. Um, yeah. I enjoy I enjoy staying busy, so no complaints here, yeah. Okay. Um, but I really enjoy, um, as I've so last year I was the junior representative to the board, and now as a senior, I'm the senior representative. And it's been really nice getting to kind of know the board members a little bit more, because now I feel comfortable hopping on Zoom and getting to interact with them and work um, more on policy and things like that, and mm -hmm. things that I really want to change and, and improve upon it and work with administrators in, in our school and in our districts um, and kind of move our district forward. Mm -hmm. um, so I, again, it, it's really rewarding to me and I, and I like doing that kind of work. So um, again, kind of a long answer to your question, but I'm interested in studying political science in, in college. Um, so I, I want to get a degree in political science, maybe um, some sort of minor in economics, and I, and I think I'm going to be going to law school. That's great. Yeah, we got a future president maybe in like 16 years or something mm, like that. Executive branch is a free. I'm going to stick to legislative. So I got a quick game for you. It's called okay. Rapid Fire. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. So we're gonna basically ask you a few questions. I'll start with a few. You might have a few after that. So. Yes, okay. Um, favorite movie. That's not gonna be very rapid. I'm bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Favorite movie. Um, recently, I'd probably say it changes a lot. <laughs> I'd say maybe The Post or Ocean's Eight. The right. new one with the whole female cast was really good. All right. Yes. Yeah. Um, favorite. Pre-raised meal. Um, oatmeal, definitely. Like an instant oatmeal that has like the apples and cinnamon in it. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> one or two bangers. Yeah. Um, 
guys, or three. Um, <laughs> on a school day, I even, last year I got to four. <laughs> <laughs> um, but usually on a meat morning, I'll do two and I'll have like a banana or something. Banana for me too. Yeah. Post-race meal, especially when you won. Um, anything immediately. Okay. <laughs> anything, I mean like a whole host of roll bars. Um, and then on, on the bus ride home, we'll take this out at Chipotle, oh, like, yeah. Panera Bread, anything, just get more food to me, but I'm the groundless. I like it. You got any good ones? Uh, favorite music? Like favorite artist or um, genre? Okay, again, it changes a lot, but recently probably SZA. Okay. I'm really into her album, she's a dropping music. Um, or like Frank Ocean, something like that. That is cool. Yeah. Awesome. Hmm. Uh, oh, favorite candy. Do you like candy? <laughs> um, yeah, it's Halloween in, in a few days, oh, so that's a good one. Oh I like candy. Oh, what's a favorite candy of mine? Probably, I mean, really boring, just like the typical like Milky Way. Okay. Or like, I'm not, oh, the peanut butter m Those yeah. are my favorite. Yeah. I love the peanut butter m Not the peanut m the peanut butter m <laughs> Oh, yeah. Really yeah. good. That's probably my favorite. On it. Oh, all right. So since he said he's a, he's a political guy, so who's gonna be president next week? Oh, no. <laughs> well, let me say, um, it, we probably won't find out next week. So it, it, we have to be prepared to yes. wait a long time. Right. Um, but I fully support Joe Biden for president as well as Kamala Harris. And so the next question follow: Who's gonna be the president in two thousand twenty-three? Two thousand twenty-four. No, twenty-three. <laughs> 23 was happening in 23. I don't know, I'm just predicting. I'm just oh, let's, let's, let's go with Joe Biden again in 23. Gearing up for Kamala Harris's, um, perhaps a, a next week over in 2024. Let's right. see. Mm. Maybe too early to tell though, who knows? Alright, and do you have a favorite runner, like historical runner? Mm. Okay, I think um, I can I also be present? Yes, yes, I didn't yeah, yeah. historic, but I meant like a legendary <laughs> runner. I mean, obviously, you have like the goats of like Eddie Kipchoge and Steve Rumontane, mm -hmm. but I'd say I'm really into the rookies this year, so people like Carissa Streiser and Grant Fisher, mm -hmm. um, Sean McGorry, like I, I like the, uh, or even, I guess, um, kind of the old souls like Woody Kincaid, or people like that, Josh Thompson, um, there's probably good. All, like, I'm a big Bowerman Chackle fan, so almost all of those are from Bowerman Chackle. Did yeah. which track club? Barrowman track club. Okay. It's hard with the masks. Yeah. Didn't is. you get to meet one of your favorite runners? I did, yes. Oh, tell us more um, about So at, at the Nike Cross Regional Meet, Nike always brings in one of their pros. Um, so my freshman year, I got to meet Jordan Hesse, um, who was then from the now defunct Nike Order Project. Um, but this past year, I also got to meet Gwen Jordan, uh, not Gwen Jordan, excuse me, um, Colin Quigley. Um, who was the Olympian in, in the 3K steeplechase? Wow. Um, and overall, an internet personality. Um, <laughs> a great, you know, she, she's, I think, she's not only, I mean, a fantastic athlete, but I think she speaks out on a lot of um, important issues and she's really vocal with her platform, and I think that's great. That's great, that's yeah. huge. Absolutely. On a side note, um, I was just told a story today. So, a woman who was nine months pregnant, her husband that heard that she couldn't run an eight-minute mile. Jeez. And, and he ran, she ran a 552, wow. I believe. Good for her. And, uh, oh, my goodness. So she's, a, she's a legit runner, so there's yeah, more power to her. I know, awesome. right there. Jeez. I was going to be in the ninth month. I would not be doing that. So. Yeah, I'm just going to bet that I'm Yeah, jeez, what's your job? What's your job? What's your support? All right, last question. Do you 
have you, do you have a favorite like running movie? Oh, what? It's okay if you don't. I, don't, I mean, there's not too many, to be honest. There, there, there's a few. Um, yeah, there's like, oh, what's that, that Disney one? There's one that's like from... I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm trying to remember. There's not a bunch of them, to be honest, so I probably can't pick... Alright, there's all Disney. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I probably can't pick my favorite, favorite running movie now. Yeah, that's alright. Yeah. Do you anything else? No, that was awesome, Matt. Thanks mm-hmm. so much for joining us. Yes, of yeah, course. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us today with our podcast with Matthew Jennings again, and, and stay tuned to find out he's uh, he's in the process of figuring out where he's going to spend his next four years, most likely four years. Um, so we'll find out soon enough where he's going to be going. Part two. And, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, other than that, stay safe, be be well, and and we'll see you guys soon for our next episode of Bye, the Pete Pros Podcast. Bye, everyone.